0: Good evening everybody. We are back. I don't know why it sounds so quiet. Uh finally back here another another Thursday afternoon. Um having a lot of fun here. We got a, a good guest, good friend of mine, Kyle Stevens will be joining me right away here. Um had had uh an interesting last week in the world of racing. Um we we did our first NASCAR Pinty Series race last weekend at Sunset Speedway uh, track. We've had a lot of success at. Uh, Alex has won there twice, lapping the field uh, one year. Um, we struggled there um, the the last couple of years. Cars just haven't been that great. But uh, the you know last year we did quite well, and um, you know definitely this year, uh, man Scott Stackley, twenty two racing. They put together a great package for us. Um, you know, practice one, uh, all three 22 racing cars in the top three. Um, you know, we qualified well, the cars were racing well. And then unfortunately, you know, Kyle Steckley in the 22 uh, had a battery issue, dropped him a bunch of laps. Uh, we ended up getting spun at one point, dropping to the back. We were able to drive forward before uh, getting you know a little bit of contact um, you know spun us and then uh, we got clipped took out the radiator uh, which which just killed what was was really shaping up to be a great day. I mean we were probably a top three car at the end of the race uh, just needed a few green flag laps it was it was unfortunate there were a lot of cautions towards the end of the uh, the race that kept the field really bunched up. You know too wide, and um, yeah, the, sometimes that's the way it goes. Um, really looking forward to getting back to Canadian Tire Motorsports Park this weekend. Uh, we've got a new road course car. Uh, hopefully, we get all the gremlins uh shaken out, and and hopefully, it's going to be a competitive piece here for us. Um, you know, shaking the gremlins out, uh, something I know all too well. Uh, I've got a brand new go kart that, um, you know, we've been, we've been slowly trying to work it up to speed here the last couple of weeks, but a little bit of negligence on my part has, uh, has not worked in my favor. Um, You know, little, little uh, uh, lingering things. Uh, Somehow my battery went flat. I've got a really good long lasting lithium battery, but uh, during our first heat, uh, it just, it just laid an egg. I've never experienced a dead battery before. So I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with with or wasn't familiar with the the end result and and the the symptom that I was getting. It, it just didn't register to me. Uh, we we ended up rebuilding uh, basically the entire fuel system. Uh, went to go test fire it afterwards, and uh, yeah, there was no juice. And and once we got the battery charged, uh, life was a lot easier. Um, but uh, made, made a boneheaded move uh, to, to go into the final last night. Um, did some some work on our brakes and uh, once once I got the brakes dialed in or once I felt the brakes on on our formation laps, thought I had too much rear, made the adjustment. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's cause I had my helmet on my head and my brain wasn't working properly, but, uh, instead of moving the brake bias forward, I moved it backwards. And, and when it came time to, uh, hit the brakes at turn one on lap one, uh, locked my rear, spun myself out. And, uh, unfortunately that, that kind of ended my night. Um, but these are the things that happen. Um, Looking forward, though, to to next week. Hopefully get a little bit of practice time in uh, this time. I haven't done a qualifying lap. I haven't been on new tires yet, so there's still lots of room for improvement. but enough about me, enough about the last uh, last week in racing. Uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Kyle Stevens. How are you doing, Kyle?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, thanks for being here. Now, unfortunately, I mean, you can kind of see on our, our other screen here, you're going to get the label of Talk & Talk, and you're going to get my name on your, your title there, because I just haven't figured out how to program this uh, any better than that. But uh, obviously, during Talk & Talk... We're going to do exactly that. We are going to talk torque and um, something that you can probably uh, keep up with here a little bit because of your, your family business. Um, you guys operate a um, I don't know know—the garage is the right way to, to, to term it, but you guys have like an auto service center.
1: That's the perfect way to describe it is is auto service center. <laughs> so, awesome.
0: So um, let's talk a little bit about that. What's your what's your business called, and what exactly do you guys do?
1: Yeah. So we're uh, we're our our business is called Dynaco Automotive. We're on the southeast side of Edmonton, seventy uh, fifth and Argyle area. Um, super fortunate to be part of the Napa Auto Pro brand. Um, Napa Auto Pros are are independently owned. Uh, automotive uh, repair facilities, service centers. Um, but the really cool thing is we have a lot of programs that allow us to have national and North america wide coverage on a lot of parts, products, services, and warranties.
0: Well, that would come in handy. I break a lot of shit all over the place. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I know your guys' business very well. You guys worked on my daughter's car the last couple of days, and and that was that was awesome. Um, it's it's great to Um, you know, to have a facility where you can trust the people that are doing the things that you don't understand. Like, I think that's where a lot of people are reluctant to, to go to an auto center instead of, you know, well, my friend knows how to do this and he's got a compressor in his garage. Nobody wants to admit that they don't know something. Nobody wants to admit that, you know, uh, I'm not a mechanic. I don't know what's wrong with my car because then they're worried that they're going to get taken advantage of. And and I can say firsthand after, you know, knowing you and Mark, um, your father for for so many years, trust is not an issue over there. Um, you, you guys must deal with that quite a bit though.
1: We do, yeah. So uh, my dad, Mark, has been in business since the late 80s, so going on 34, 35 years. Uh, super fortunate for myself to grow up alongside uh, someone who has been an industry leader, who's helped pioneer and develop a lot of the training for a lot of the NAPA Auto Pros, independent service centers there. Uh, but most importantly, I mean, he grew up in the era where you would have, uh, you know, you'd go to the gas station, you get your, your fuel uh, put in your vehicle, and you'd have your oil topped up, um, windows squeegeed wiped off and whatnot so really you, the service side of things and so when he went into business he really tried to take those you know principles that he learned <laughs> so, hold I, up for-
0: <laughs> i'm trying to take a drink of water here <laughs> off camera and for some reason my water bottle is leaking all over me so i'm sorry to be it's, a, it's,
1: it's be,
0: be a distraction <laughs> i've i've reset my bottle i've tried to get the lid on properly but uh some we're having a we're having a bit of a a mechanic malfunction here and and unfortunately you're you're um my most recent mechanic and you know unfortunately you're you're uh you're previously committed so i'll try one more no this thing is leaking all over the place i, think, I, think, I didn't I even take a, a drink i think uh, i think <laughs> we're just gonna go lidless. Oh, okay. lidless so sorry sorry that i interrupted hey um, no
1: worries i mean gotta have the comedy <laughs>
0: Well, we don't have to, but I try. I try. <laughs> so uh...
1: um anyway, yeah. So I just, you know, back back to what we were saying, you know, just just really really bring that service um to the forefront and making sure that uh, you know, clients, new clients, um, friends, family referrals, when they come to our shop and facility facility, they're greeted by, you know, clean, um, professional, family run business from from a lot of years in the Edmonton area. So with a great coffee maker in the lobby, we do. Yeah. We have a a really great coffee maker. Um, Napa branded colors. It's, it's, it's the best you can ask for.
0: So then I, I do general stuff with you guys. You guys will, you know, help me out when I can't do something myself. Uh, like wheel balancing things um, I've done oil changes there mm-hmm. but you guys probably get into more elaborate services than than what I've had call for what uh, like you guys have a specialty over there
1: or um, I'd say I'd say yeah so I'd say uh, probably one of the, the really strong points uh, in our shopper or one of the the really cool things we have in our shop is uh, our shop foreman, who's been with my my dad for quite some time. Um, he he's he's an industry leader and just an all around electrical and and diagnostic guru, if you will. Um, I will. The 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 fun things that you know that that he's been able to discover and work with, um, and that's got him to you know win some awards in Canada and, and be on the all trades board. Um,
0: What's the all trades board.
1: Uh, so in, in Alberta, there's a board of uh, directors, if you will, that help uh, plan and discuss and, and really kind of make a future for all of the upcoming, you know, technicians, uh, um, carpenters, Welders, like basically, tra- Any, trades any people. trade, tradespeople, okay. and and they meet and they they work with the Alberta government and they say, you know, this is where the industry is headed. This is, you know, what what we're seeing. This is what we think we need to to make sure that the the upcoming uh, generation knows and understands. And he's part of that, um, just because of his knowledge and he keeps up with the trade. And but even in our shop, he's a huge asset to train, not only you know you know, our guys and, and the upcoming guys, but also when we need him to step in, he's the, you know, some of the more difficult diagnostics that we've had to, to, uh, undertake he's, he's been there and able to, to find them out. So,
0: I mean, I, I hear a number of the names when, when I go in there, who is your foreman?
1: Uh, so his name is Blaine Booten.
0: Oh, so it is Blaine. It so is he's, Blaine. W- he's the guy that when I bring you something mm-hmm. that nobody knows how to fix, mm-hmm. He's the guy that gets in, does the road test, does the field, you know, and to tie in kind of one of our future conversations, is it better or worse to have racers as
1: clients? I think I would broaden that to say, um, you know without throwing anybody under the bus it's
0: oh you can chuck me under the bus
1: <laughs> no it's 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 car enthusiasts i'll I'll broaden that in in general whether you're a racer or someone who loves cars antiques new cars whatever anybody who knows enough get themselves into trouble so to speak um, you know they they come in they think they're trying to help but sometimes that leads us in a completely opposite direction it's kind of like for like myself as you as you alluded you know um, I know basically two things cars and racing but you get me into any type of household thing or computers or anything like that computers are a little bit different I know again I'm, I'm that car enthusiast I know just enough about computers and technology to get myself into trouble but when i'm in trouble man
0: you need a specialist i need a specialist so what i what i'm asking though is that you know racers especially moderately accomplished racers like i'm a racer Mm -hmm. but i'm not a car guy i don't give a shit about cars i don't know anything about cars i don't i don't you know, study them. I don't know stats. I don't know that the, you know, and even any of the cars I've owned, I've owned nice cars. And aside from maybe knowing how much horsepower and how much torque a thing made, I don't know anything, but where I'm pretty good, you know, aside from, you know, obviously I'm not a mechanic because I don't know how to charge my battery when I need to. (laughs) And I didn't know that this way is forward on my brake bias and this, but I've got a good feel from, you know, how I'm in a cart or when I'm in a car, you know, like, like the, the Nikki Lauda character said in the movie rush, like, she's like the, the one character he's telling her that, you know, there's a bunch of issues with her car. And she's like, how do you know that? And he says, my ash. And she says, what? He says, I've got an okay mind, but an ash that can feel everything in a race car. And, you know like racers can do that in a lot of cases which can be a benefit but can also be a pain in the ass because when you get a vehicle where it's back to mostly normal and you get a racer who's like man i can still like i still feel in my car i just had a great wheel balance done i moved to my summer wheels but i still have like on a scale of one to ten like a 0.25 0.5 vibration and it's going to drive me crazy (laughs) but it's not something that can get dialed out unless you like do balance after balance so yeah is it a benefit or are we pains in the ass
1: i'd say i in in some aspects it's it's kind of both ways you know it's it's a benefit because i mean you know your car you drive your car every single day um and you have i mean racers have anybody with experience in cars racers they have that feel Like exactly what you said. So, you know, we can diagnose as as much as we possibly can. Like you said, we can do as many repairs as we can. We can balance as much as we can. But ultimately, you're the one that drives it every single day. So, you know, if a technician, even as experienced as Blaine, who's very, very sensitive. I mean, he's a racer himself. So
0: what does he race?
1: So he he grew up racing, uh, you know, stock cars uh, over at uh, its Rad Torque Raceway now.
0: We don't use that
1: name. Well, it, it's we
0: don't <laughs> use that name. The other
1: raceway. The,
0: we call that the racetrack by the airport.
1: Racetrack by the airport. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then uh, so grew up racing stock cars there ice racing uh had his son race go-karts and stuff as well so he's really fine-tuned to his his car uh and and other people's cars themselves uh so you know we can get it dialed out as much as we can but at the same time you know if like you said that 0.25 and you're trying to chase that 0.25 like you're trying to chase that half tenth to a 10th on a racetrack. sometimes you'll get it sometimes you'll never get it just just depends. <laughs> uh,
0: fortunately, right now I am so bloody slow. The tenths and the the <laughs> the two tenths, the the quarter, the half second, the full second—they're going to come fairly easily once we get some gremlins yeah. uh, worked out. But um, I'm always very aware when I go talk to someone that like my awareness for what I feel is probably a little bit higher than what most people can, mm-hmm. and that you know I don't mean that to be arrogant, but. I feel it. And you know, I had a situation where um, you know, one of my tire people took my car for a drive when it was, you know, it was a three, like it was, it was vibrating. And he came back and said, no, like I wish I could get my truck to drive this nice. Like you, you didn't, you don't feel what I feel. Like the wheel was actually like jittering. The car drove straight, but it, it jittered to the point that if you put a bag Or, you know, if there was like a piece of paper, you would look over and it would be flopping because the car is vibrating so much. Like, so at that point, it's like, I just give up. I'm going to go see Earl, who knows what, who knows what time it is. And then, and away we go. Yeah. Um, Now we talked a little bit about uh, the fact that you work with your father. Mm -hmm. So working, you know, obviously my son works within my business family business there's certain benefit to it but there's obviously some challenges like
1: absolutely i mean uh especially you know uh when your dad's done it for so many years uh he's an industry leader so he's he's he knows he knows what he's doing he knows what he's talking about and and great asset but uh you know there's times where I know that I, you know, there's a new way of doing things as things progress in the world, technology progresses, Um, you know, so you try to show them, you know, Hey, there's a, you know, there's a new way to do this and we'll accomplish the same goal. Uh, But ultimately it's, it's his shop, his business. So he has the final say, Um, you know, there are times where you butt heads, Um, but it's, it's, you know, even, the nice thing about myself and my dad is, is we've had such a good bond growing up racing and being together a lot that even in our, even in our most heated moments, if you will, it always ends up with a laughter at the end of the day. So, you know, you have those challenges working with family, but um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to do it any other way, so to speak.
0: Yeah. So without Chuck and Mark under the bus, because obviously he, built that business and he's got you know reasons for why this is done this way that is he open to change or is he open to the new ideas when you come up with something or is it something where you have to kind of drag him along kicking and screaming until he sees the benefit like beyond a shadow of a doubt and then says okay
1: i think it depends on the scenario that we're in uh really it does it it's kind of case by case so I mean there are times where I'll suggest an idea or we'll we'll have done something um and I shown him hey let's let's do it this way he's like yeah right on let's do that and then there's you know certain times where I'm saying we, we should do it this way let's do it this way he's like no 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 and then um you know I'll distract him or something like that or he'll get distracted and then I kind of go in there and just get it done and it gets done and then I show them and then it's like hey see that worked
0: is that why you have those keys on the end of a stick that you kind of jingle once in a while is that what that's all about yeah exactly yeah that's awesome
1: (laughs) so hey dad there's a new client you should go uh you should go introduce yourself
0: (laughs) yeah I mean he seems like the kind of guy I mean I I know Mark fairly well but not from a business standpoint just Mm -hmm. at the racetrack but seems like the kind of guy that if he could even get rid of those computers and go back to doing everything by paper he'd maybe uh that that maybe be something that you guys would uh would try and figure out even though it's a requirement to uh to be up and running
1: you know what's crazy is there's a lot of uh shops out there and technology has grown where you can go in and do um you know digital type inspections um with you know with a the iPad technicians have an iPad in the shop. they can do uh, uh, take pictures and and do the checklist themselves. But you know we are still on a an inspection form, so to speak, so paper form uh, that that he helped develop and whatnot. And we're still going with that because there have been feedback in the industry that you know that modern technology, although it's there and it's 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 cool it's it's nice to use for the end user and the client and the consumer. Uh, as far as an operation standpoint, goes it's still we're finding it still better and more efficient to do it by paper so you know it, believe it or not i'm on board with that train right now i think we're still in the developmental progress of that um but i can tell you right now uh, at the end of the week at the end of the day he's trying to minimize the paper he gets on his desk so i think uh i think in the last four or five years uh i've gotten swayed into more of the technology side of things um but we're just not, you know, one hundred percent there. And and to be frank, I agree with them on certain aspects of of that old school paper, right? So,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm odd. Like in my head, I'm still like I'm a kid younger than you. But in reality, I'm an old guy now. Like I'll be fifty this year. Um, you know, I've run my business for twenty three years, and yeah, Parker will come to me and you know come up with ideas, and it's like, nope, just. Yeah, You know, like I understand where you're going with it, but no, we're going to keep doing it this way until, you know, we see. But uh, anyway, instead of talking about the, the battle of the, uh, the old farts versus the, the young <laughs> the punks, fun, yeah. um, I'm thinking back to your shop. I mean, I, I've been there obviously many
1: times. Um, how many bays do you guys have? So we have a 10 bay shop. Um, I knew it was big. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's interesting because we had a, another location uh, before we were at this one. Uh, here we go. This I'm, just, I'm just
0: throwing your title up here yeah, so people perfect. can see your logo and you know the Dynaco.
1: Yeah. So um, I mean, the location we're at, we've been there since 2008. We had a shop before that that was actually, I think, we were. I think we're 16 or 18 bays. So a little bit of a downsize, but um, the shop right now is actually a really good size for, for what we're doing. Um, 10 bays we have. Uh, uh, so we have seven bays that have hoists and the rest uh, do not. Uh, we do have one kind of wash and detail bay, So that's part of the service that, that we do here. Anytime a vehicle comes to the shop, uh, 95% of the time you're going to get a car wash. <laughs> the other five percent, it's either too cold, raining, or unfortunately You're something's just down or too, too busy. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is never a complaint on me to being too busy. But I know. think
0: uh, I think I need to get the pressure in my uh, my tires checked more than anything. I just need a free car wash. But
1: I should probably put that uh, premium air in there, right?
0: If you could, <laughs> okay. yeah, we need them. Uh, you know, match perfect and staggered special.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, but, but you
0: guys, you don't just work with like. Um, you know, uh, I was gonna say uh, residential people. I don't know, like you don't just deal with the general general public. General public, yeah, but not just like you guys will do like fleet stuff, and you'll do we do, yeah, okay.
1: So I mean, at at one point out of our shop, I think, uh, you know, when we first started. you know, when Alberta was super, super strong, super, super booming, we were probably close to 75, 80% fleet out of our shop. Uh, And so fleet, you know, businesses that have trucks anywhere from five up to uh, at our biggest, uh, biggest fleet, I think we were, we were kind of coordinating and and managing up to 160 trucks, um, which was super, super fortunate. So, I mean, we still kept on with that. We're, we're probably only about 65, 70% fleet, which is still a good good portion of our business. Um,
0: we kick the shit out of vehicles here in Alberta. So that's got to be some some good
1: business. It's, you know, it, it is great business, but we also keep the vehicles maintained. We have a lot of fleet accounts that have, uh, you know, built that trust with us and and understand our process. Um, one of the really cool things about fleet uh, that we we do is, you know, they want to take their trucks to one place, one facility, and have everything done all at once. It's, it's a lot of downtime for them to to have their drivers go you know to x location for this and b location for this and c location for that you know whereas we've really found that you know if you drop it off at our shop and and that's one of the things that we do is is you know we can coordinate all the servicing if the truck needs a windshield we can do that if it needs to go to the dealer for warranties or recalls we can help facilitate that
0: so you'll outsource things exactly. that you don't have
1: in house a hundred percent that's awesome yeah. so we built a really really good network of of uh, you know co small businesses in the Edmonton area especially on the southeast side there that uh, we get along with really really well um, that help us out when when we need to do whatever it is kind of additional so and then the team we've the, the team we have at the shop has really been um you know uh, we've trained as kind of a not the right word that I'm looking for, but uh, brought them on our way of thinking and, and understanding, okay, you know, when, when a truck comes to our shop, it's got some sort of defect, whether it's mechanical service, diagnostic, whatever. So that truck is on downtime. So that truck needs to come into our shop and be cycled through with, you know, minimalizing the downtime because that costs, you know, that costs the company money when the truck's not in service on the flip side of that. Our QC and uh, quality control and, and thoroughness on servicing those trucks is, is a really, really high standard because when it leaves the shop, you know, you know, it's ironic, but we don't want to see it until the next service interval.
0: Yeah, which I mean, you know, again, using my personal example, we brought my daughter's car into you for a power issue. So we, you know, if her car would sit for a week, it would come back and it'd be dead. Now, this is going to say, I, I want to say this the right way because I was going to say by the time we were done, but <laughs> like through the course of operation, Blaine heard a squeak mm-hmm. and turned out to be a wheel bearing. Um, you know, turned out that there was, you know, general service needed for oil change for like inspection. And like those were all great things to, to hear about because, you know, while some people would take a look at it and say, oh, yeah, well, they just jacked up the bill. No, they wanted to make sure that, you know, they know that you guys know that these are human beings that are in these vehicles. This is my daughter. I want to make sure that she's safe. It's, it's scary enough out there dealing with the other drivers. You don't need a wheel falling off, you know, because you just didn't do service or you brought it to someone who does, you know, quick, quick time turnaround oil change, they don't see anything else. And people think that as long as you change the oil, like, I mean, I'm, I'm really thankful for, for service like that.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, we have, we, we have a line on our, you know, whenever, when, when clients come in and they, you know, they have a specific concern like yourself, like you said, yours was a power issue, but uh, right on the work order we have, we put on there our technicians, you know, advises of any other concerns because, you know, you, you have a concern, a very specific concern. Uh, but our, you know, our, professionals in the back we, we road test vehicles every single time uh and if they notice something again we bring it to your your attention uh, ultimately you're in control of your spending so you know unless it's a safety item that would prevent the vehicle from leaving the shop you know you're in control of 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 what you spend and, and even at that point you're still in control of what you spend it's just you know sometimes if it's a safety concern it you might not be driving it out <laughs>
0: Well, I like to know that I'm in control, so I'm I, I'm going to negotiate here and say that I want to pay twenty percent less for what we just did.
1: You already paid twenty percent less.
0: Twenty <laughs> percent less than that.
1: Oh, okay. Well, maybe what I'll do is I'll I'll convert that into some uh, racing tips on on the cart.
0: Do I need them? <laughs> oh my God, do I need them? Um, excellent segue, by the way. Well, well done. Hey. Um, I think it's time that we start, you know, transitioning the torque part of our talk from like kind of automotive mechanical torque mm-hmm. to racing torque.
1: I like racing because that's
0: how we met. That is. So um, you know, back in those days, man, there were so many of you little snot-nosed punks <laughs> that were just whooping everyone
1: yeah i mean i grew up with a lot of friends uh, around me and 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 they were fast i mean uh you met one of them last night i, I don't know if you met him previously or not or remember him but adam yeah. gilbert i mean i grew up racing with him since i was i think nine years old we would uh run down from edmonton down to calgary all the time run the calgary circuit uh, we even traveled 42 hours to mossport um
0: track i know very well track you know very very
1: well uh for the 2003 nationals so you know being in a truck with him for for that long and my dad and his dad who have very similar personalities mind you so (laughs) boy that sounds like a lot of wine (laughs) (laughs) it was a good road trip let me tell you that but other guys like mike michael chaya i mean he grew up racing with me uh there was another young kid called curtis strong who uh was before your time uh primarily out at actually the old uh the track that we reset edmonton's out of warburg so the old the original circuit that was out there
0: over in sherwood industrial
1: no no At, on warburg oh, the, the but first, the other side the, the first, warburg the first track. okay yeah, yeah. yeah uh very very fast um so and then of course you know you had individuals like uh, sean mcdonnell i i think you know the mcdonnell's yep
0: yeah now they kind of moved to dirt. they're doing sprint cars yep. now Um, yeah but you like you I mean former Cantor sponsored driver Stefan Rudzinski absolutely um, you know obviously Steph and Mike are good good friends and you know know both of them very well but yeah I mean all you guys like would once we started you guys would race weekends I didn't know that there was a weekend program out there all I knew about was DD2 and all I ever did because DD2 runs on Wednesdays absolutely and the the original deal with the DD2 group was to to be a DD two racer in that group, you had to be thirty five years old. Um, you had to, you know, blah blah. Like typically, you had to be a business owner. Although that wasn't really enforced in later years because they didn't want people coming into the track or into the group that thought they were the next professional racer, that thought they were gonna get signed and were gonna be super aggressive. And and of course, we know a number of people who ended up coming in who met every criteria but still <laughs> were like wrecking balls out there. But it 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 we tended to shy away from the kids yeah. because uh, we, we, you know, at least the, the original, um, managers of that track at, at Strat Attack thought, okay, well, we're going to have, we're going to put guys on the track who have something to lose so that, you know, they're going to be a little bit more respectful, but you know, it's, it's crazy how many great drivers came out of that track.
1: Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. You know, I was just thinking as you're just, dis- you're discussing that, you know, back in the day, I used, I mean, I, I grew up and started on the weekend, you know i you know when we first met i'm sure i was uh still racing junior uh karts because back then um you know rotax came out with it was called the rm1 which you know if you remember that that, that, that was, was my baby that was that was the original dd2 that was the original cart and that it was, that was rotax
0: so that rm1 was my first level my first dd2 but we had it on the Sodi chassis. Yes. Which, you know, Sodi makes great carts now. And I'm not gonna, you know, but that cart.
1: Oh, it was an absolute tank.
0: <laughs> Tanks are useful. <laughs> that <laughs> cart drove like a broken snow plow. <laughs> and you know, we didn't have any idea because it like for me well, that was, was the
1: only thing that was the
0: first then. cart that i ever drove so yeah. that was my experience and then all of a sudden i got in a crg i i got uh troy shellamy past past guest of uh and torque i bought one of his old carts and all of a sudden it's like holy this moly is what, des- this is what like,
1: a race be i don't to handle,
0: have like. to turn the wheel this far just to <laughs> just- get it to get it to turn it was like.
1: Which is hilarious because uh, at the at the original track, if you were turning your wheel that much, you were doing something wrong. Because oh, I didn't... was doing
0: everything wrong. There's <laughs> there's no doubt about that. But man, so, like for for people who don't know, like let's talk a little bit. I should have loaded a video because I I have some in car video, but you know, let's talk about Stratatech a little bit because yeah. there's no track like it.
1: No, especially not for in the karting world. I mean they. They dub it the "quote unquote" Talladega Daytona Super Speedway of of the go kart world, just- which is
0: really, really inaccurate, because that implies pack racing. That implies like, like super easy, very little driver input. Like, true. But no, it's I, I know lots of people say that, but yeah. it, it's just it was by so compared to. Warburg, where we race now, Edkra. Stratatech was one point six kilometers. Yeah, nine corners. Mm-hmm. The track we race now is w- just a whisker over a kilometer, and we have thirteen corners. Yeah, yeah,
1: and half half the distance in in width. Yeah, so for stratash- track width. Yeah, track width. Because yeah. I mean, you could go for four wide at strata you'd be lucky to get two and a half wide at at uh, edk ray
0: you can do it but you can do it <laughs> it's 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 touchy but you know i'm trying like so there's going to be an event at, at strata tech for the first like a card event for the first time in 10 years yes this summer and i'm trying to tell people like especially our, our warburg or our, our local dd2 guys like listen here's how the two tracks compare mm-hmm. and tell me if i'm right or wrong warburg you spend 80% of your lap in low gear. Stratatech, you spend 80% of your time in high gear. Yes, 100%. Warburg, and this this won't make sense unless you're a go karter but just go with me here. Warburg, we run a 3463 gear, which is a fairly short gear, maximum speed of about hundred say 115 kilometers an hour. But at Stratatech, you run 30, I think it's 3760 gears mm-hmm. with the top speed of just under 140 kilometers an hour. So when you're running in high gear with a 37, you are hauling balls. You are, absolutely. Yeah. So, and and, it's, and, it's, but it's, that's where you like really, I mean, you did well at the original EDKRA, mm-hmm. but Stratatech is probably where you really did the majority of your tooth cutting.
1: I think... Honestly, I think, um, because I raced at the original Warburg track, um, that's what helped me at Stroud Tech. I mean, Stroud Tech helped me to run fast at speed, uh, and adjust. I mean, I, I mean, I grew up on at Stroud Tech right from, from, you know, the time the first pavement was laid. So, um, you know, I also had a really super strong strength there where I pretty much knew where every bump, every, every bank if you will every little and and as the track developed and progressed and certain corners did change or whatnot like i got to to figure it out and not only did i get to figure it out there but i got to figure it out in multiple lines on that track um so i mean it, it taught me a lot of it, it taught me a lot of trust in the cart to be honest is is what it was it really helped me develop yeah. is because you're going so fast in high gear into corners that are are a lot faster than you know conventional cart track corners you know you're probably going 20 to 40 kilometers an hour faster in corners at strata than you are at any other track you know you got to have some trust in your cart to get around there as fast as we were going around there well and, and
0: that was dan Beath, um who, who built Stratotech told me once i joined the the dd2 club he said listen you're going to know you're starting to find some speed when you can go through turn one, which was a big sweeping hairpin mm-hmm. when you can go through turn one in high gear without having your engine drop below 10,000 RPM. Yeah. That's how you, that's how you know you're starting to find the line and starting to, to get some speed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for the longest time, um, you know, even myself, you know, you're going to turn one and you get down there and you downshift. Um, just, just because you di- you didn't know, just instinct, almost. just instinct, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, I can go through this, and then I can actually carry speed through this turn in second gear, yeah. and and use the the yeah. torque of the engine to accelerate out of the corner in that high gear, and it was a lot faster. I mean, it was probably two tenths faster by doing that.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's that's where you learn because you you start catching up to the pack, and you see like. I'm slowing down and downshifting and these guys are just, they just keep rolling through the corner. And um, yeah, it's, it, it takes a long time to build up that, that comfort level.
1: And, and the real trick about that track too, is you have to be sure of your passing on that track because, you know, you go up the inside of somebody and, and you're out the backside of the corner that track had a lot of forgiveness for the person being passed to, to undercut you on the backside and then, and then run you back down into the next corner or whatnot. Whereas, you know, some of the more technical tracks like EDK you know, it's, it's not as forgiving for the person being passed because, you know, you get the, up the the up the inside of somebody on that track. Well, it's a tight technical corner. There's not a lot of room for you to run down a straightaway into the next turn. There's maybe, yeah. maybe two, two points on that track where you could do that. Maybe a third one where if, you know, you pass, you could run somebody, you know, else kind of down to the next, next corner Stratotech. Almost every turn was like that.
0: Yeah. Stratotech. I mean, Stratotech, although we were able to pass, like, it's not like, it's not like it was a follow the leader track. It, It was definitely possible. Um,
1: but. You had to get creative.
0: The corners were so fast and so flowing that, there's not like you know, aside from turn eight, there wasn't a real hard braking zone. Mm-hmm. You know, like you come out of turn nine onto the front straightaway, grab high gear right away, and you're you're not braking. You're just lifting as you get to turn one. You know, you yeah. you have a bit of a braking zone at the the bus stop, and then you're kind of running mostly wide open or feather throttle through the S's, up the carousel. All the way down until you get to turn eight to the hairpin.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense if you're listening or, you know, even if you've never been out there, but trust us. <laughs>
1: yeah. Just, just, just trust us. <laughs> so that's the way it goes. <laughs> we've, we've been there. Yeah.
0: Um, so we're going to show a little bit now you start, how old were you when you got into to racing?
1: Uh, so I, I got into racing, uh, when I was eight turning nine, but I had previously been put in the seat of a go-kart at the age of four. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like we had this little home-built go-kart. I wish I had a picture of it. Um, <laughs> uh, Actually, I, I do have a really good picture of it. Actually, I'm driving. I'm, I'm sitting in the home-built go-kart with my sister, Alex, in the back, like in behind me. And I would rip that around my, my, my cul-de-sac or, or Crescent uh, on the streets. But I got into racing when I was eight or nine years old.
0: So what do we have here? So we've got this is from italy
1: this one's yeah this is from italy
0: and uh, i like that uh it's still got the e-carding news I tag on there where i
1: got my pictures from yeah, yeah
0: i love it um so this is the rotax grand finals
1: this is the rotax grand finals. so this was in 2010 this was my second appearance
0: okay and you were there in dd2 D 2 yes. And um, so how, I mean, I, I know the answer to this, but how does that work? Like, how do you get to go to to
1: Worlds? So um, in in the DD2, in the Rotax world, there's multiple qualifying events, um, especially in Canada. Uh, at that time, uh, the, the, the championship that I was competing in was called the Western Canadian Championships. Now it's called the Canada Final. And Rotax Canada, Rotax Canada final, Canada final. and um, so basically, you go to go, you go to the events, and uh, you do well. Uh, I'm making it sound so easy, but <laughs> you know, there's a lot of buildup that leads leads to the event. So, I mean, me myself making it to the grand finals twice was ten years of of hard work, practice, determination, seat time going to multiple different tracks. Uh, I almost qualified for the grand finals a few years previously. Um, interestingly enough, uh, I don't know if I sent you that, that photo or not, but uh, there's actually a photo where one of my biggest competitors growing up, uh, Scott Campbell, and I had a dead heat. We crossed the line be- and, and, and we used transponders to, to measure, measure our lap times. And it was point zero zero zero. Yeah, you have the photo yeah. up on the screen.
0: So I'm gonna. I, I don't know how this turned out, but from my eye, Scott beat you.
1: No, it was a dead heat. Even the, so, the transponders. Him and I cross the line to yeah. the transponder. Point zero zero zero. They tried to use this photo to determine who finished ahead of who. So you can't tell where the nose cone is. And if you zoom it, they even zoomed in to where the nose cone shadows were across the finish line. Yeah. And the shadows are almost identical to the spot. And
0: well, I, why does it look like you're trying to fall out of your seat?
1: Because <laughs> I I was trying to, so in, in trying in, to <laughs>
0: lean forward.
1: Well, so it, when i grew up like one of the things that you would do is you you could hop in the seat to get the axle to spin faster and and get the weight off the back of the cart and so where what i was doing there was i I'd, I'd actually leaned forward in my seat and tried to propel the cart to go forward because we had made a pass two or three corners sooner where is this this was at the old um calgary racetrack at uh, oh race city, city okay at race city And they tried to, they tried to determine who was ahead of who even down to this photo finish. And they couldn't,
0: (laughs) if you had your, if you would have come off in a straight line, you probably would have got him. because I can, your cart is like, if you look at the the left side, like, you know, left side is, we're looking at it right side of the cart, how your cart is kind of skewed a little bit. I think that would have made the difference.
1: Maybe. I mean, I, it's it's kind of cut off in the photo there, but I was also pretty close to the outside of the track at that point too. Cause I had the that was coming off. Doesn't the matter, last,
0: last lap, you know, checkers or wreckers. Yeah,
1: I guess. Yeah. But that finish, you know, I, I misqualifying for the grand finals that year by that finish.
0: <laughs> Where was the other grand finals you did? So obviously uh, Italy.
1: So Italy was in twenty ten. And so that, that was Sarno? Uh or Lenato? No, that was uh Laconca. Oh, okay. Yeah, so very south, very south Italy. Yeah. Um, previous, so so that was my second appearance there. That one didn't go so well, but the 2009. Uh, so that was 2010, 2009. I was in Sharm El Sheikh, Egypt, which was all right. That was that was such a cool experience. That that whole weekend was such a cool yeah. experience, and um, that year, at first grand finals appearance. I made the finals. I made the final and I ended up going um I think I went from thirty second up to seventeenth, which was I thought was pretty good. Um ended up just by chance, uh just because of the other, you know, the other way the races went, you know, fortunate enough to to place as the top Canadian that year just because of you know the other finals qualified drivers ended up getting crashed out or DNF'd or, or whatever the case. Doesn't is. matter how. Doesn't matter how, so um, you know, a lot of fun that year though. Outside of the karting in Egypt, a lot of cool experiences, even leading up to that. So, yeah, um, Middle East is awesome, I love it over there. Well, and it was crazy because so we went over and we spent uh two days in England first, uh, to we kind of stepped my my jet th- lag jet lag yeah. uh, so to speak like we didn't just go to Egypt and put me in a cart we went to England for a couple of days so that was really really cool first time being overseas uh, myself um, being in England seeing Buckingham Palace uh, my dad loved it because he got to eat you know uh, fish traditional fish and chips and-, and and going to the pubs and whatnot uh, but then we went down to Cairo uh flew in from flew into cairo and we spent i think three four days in cairo and got to go to the museum there got to go see the sphinx got to uh travel you know kind of travel on cairo and just the culture there was super super fun to witness and and, and be so
0: friendly though like, they are you know here are a lot of really close-minded people think of the middle east as very hostile but they're just lovely people and the food is unbelievable
1: it's it's it was good in Cairo
0: yeah I mean I it was good I, in Cairo. I won't say I've been everywhere in the Middle East but I've been a number of countries yeah. and every one of them is just fantastic
1: and you know if if you get a chance to go to Cairo and go to the museum um, and even obviously see the pyramids but the museum itself I mean that was really really cool for me I'm you know I wouldn't say it's my passion but I I love history. I love history. I love ancient history and and just to see a lot of the artifacts that they have there, really really cool. So yeah. um and then we flew into Sharm el Sheikh uh and you know that was in itself also kind of a really cool unique experience. Um and we were I think just down the road from the track and the track was just such a really cool technical yet fast track being kind of in and around, you know, mountainous pyramids but also being right on the Red Sea was really really cool. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's awesome. Now, you've been out of the go-kart for a while? I have been. You
1: you graduated
0: from karts yes. and moved into legends cars? I did, yes. So, how long did you run the legends for?
1: So, I overlapped my karting to legends intro in 2010. So, I did, you know, I did obviously I did my qualification season in in the karting to to get back to the grand finals, but simultaneously I was also running, uh, I was getting into legends cars, um, and so I ran that from 2010 all the way up to 2016 was my my tenure in in a legends car. Uh, halfway through through that I was able to win a few championships and actually secure some sponsors by Max Convenience Stores, which is now Circle K and so the picture that you just showed was the legends car was my what was the deal with the flag uh so that track was actually in medicine hat uh because i was a mac sponsored car um and it was they they do like a uh, oh canada anthem before the race so i got to they asked me if i could be the parade and and the, the flag which actually worked out really really awesome because that year i had the paint scheme that i did which actually matched the flag that's just a really cool photo i think so
0: awesome but, yeah too bad you had to go to medicine hat to get that but you know whatever you know
1: what i ran fast at medicine hat i i you know i i had a big crash there uh one year but i ran fast at medicine hat i was i was that track uh i don't i mean i don't think you guys would have raced there at all but it's a pretty pretty small track but it is flat track Yeah, it's a paperclip flat track.
0: Yeah, my in-laws have drag raced there. Um, I've been by the track a whole bunch because we've got you know customers right there with uh, Canadian fertilizer is right on that part of town. But um, so then, so in essence, you were done in 2016 in the Legends car. Yes, if I never would have guessed that. So basically, we're in 2023. Yes, I've been bugging you for seven years. To get back into go-karts.
1: You have, yes. Seven years. Seven years. I it, did one race in 2017. You, I did a summer challenge race.
0: But that was that was independent of me. Correct. That that was uh I relying still, on on uh other connections. Still a race. Um well it was just great to have you back. Yes. Um, so I didn't realize my campaign has been going on seven years that long. Wow. <laughs>
1: I guess I'm persistent. You are very persistent. Uh, I mean, part of that was, you know, the last season I had in Legends Cars wasn't my most fortuitous season.
0: Yeah, and you've got, you've kind of got a stated goal here. Do you want to share that publicly, or do you want to save that for when we we uh, get you back on track here later this year I and see how things go?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we'll always see how things go, but I I'm not not afraid to say it. You know, I have goals and aspirations of getting back to the World Finals. I'm fortunately or unfortunately old enough to now be considered a master so that's just a whole nother division a lot of talented drivers in that division a whole nother class and and a lot of the drivers that I you know I'll be competing against have a lot of experience a ton of experience in in various types even I think some of the racing I've seen at the world finals and the masters divisions are have been better and closer than some of the junior and senior
0: some of it yeah so so when you say some of the people you'll Competing against you mean at, at Warburg at EDKRA, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't. I've lost count how many of our drivers have actually made it to the to the grand finals. Like we have uh, on a on a regular night, we have like four or five for sure. Oh, absolutely. Out of our twenty, like last night we had twenty eight carts, which is um, awesome to see. It's unbelievable. Like
1: it's crazy. That's and I think we should mention too that you know, yeah, really really cool th- fun fact about Tech, uh We we were, or you guys started, and then, you know, as I got in, we were the largest DD2 club in in the world. We still are. Well, and so you still are. So the fact that we can, you know, I, I know that there was a little bit of a recession, so to speak, as far as drivers go in the DD2 class. Yeah. But it's really, really awesome to be, for myself, finally getting back into the sport, getting back involved. And not only that, coming back into a, a time where we're getting 28 drivers in a field, like.
0: Our, we're like the benchmark right now is we're trying to hit 30. We yeah. want to have 30 on track, but. Um, I
1: get myself in a cart later in the season. And there, there you go.
0: You bet. So are you ready?
1: I'm not as ready as I think I would like to have been. Uh, as far as, you know, my physical fitness, you know, obviously being out of a race car and, you know, last few years hasn't been the the greatest as far as the fitness goes, but I've made a lot of progress in that front. I think getting back into the cart will help that. And then, you know, use this season as a, let's get back into it and then let's go, let's go hard for the future. Like I it's, said,
0: it's going to show it's, it's going to show where you need to work for sure. Yeah, um, You're not going to be doing this that I'm going to throw up unless you're, unless you got your shape back. Yeah. Uh, you are not going to be pulling G forces like that.
1: that that that's that's a crazy shot i mean so there uh, that's
0: not off a curb
1: no that's not so so i was running uh so that was actually the race i talked about doing in 2017 that was running in the briggs class here at EDKRA. yeah that's this is in the off camber turn
0: oh i was gonna say that was turn five
1: no this is off camber so i i figured out a way to go into that corner on that weekend because of how much rubber and grip was on the track. I could lift off for just like could drive deep into the corner, lift off just enough to set the cart, get right back on the throttle. Uh, But what ended up happening is there was so much grip on the track that not only did I, was I picking up the back cart, jacking the cart properly picking up, <laughs> I actually ended up hitting the front wheel off. I don't I'm pretty know, high.
0: Yeah. I don't know what that's, I know what jacking is when you pick up your inside, your inside rear, but, I don't know what we're calling this. Uh,
1: it's bicycling.
0: That's bicycling. Yeah. You invented that, or is that what it's I actually mean, that's, called?
1: I did it. So I've, I've actually done this before at uh, at Chilwack, uh at that track. They have, you know, you go down through the kind of turn one, turn two, three down the back. There's the hairpin there, and then yeah. there's the double left hander hairpin in yeah. the infield. Yeah. That turn left. would yeah. get so much rubber that in a again four stroke cart, so a slower cart than a DD two or Roadx with. Typically with less grip, yeah. uh, but because you're going so much slower, if you get the cart set up right and you get the jacking done right, you pick up. So I picked up the wheel. I did it twice in one race. At one point, I actually had to almost put my hand down because I thought I was going over.
0: Well, that would have been a big mistake. That would have been what, a huge mistake. What are you going to do? I was what?
1: younger then. I was still in junior. So that was my probably goodness. back in 2004. That
0: is a great picture. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: So obviously, no matter what level you're at, you know, racing, racing costs money. It does, and that's you know you would have been you would have been back in the cart uh, for the first race had budget been no question. Oh yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I know the answers to all these questions, but what are you doing to help supplement your racing this year?
1: Uh, so one of the the main things that I'm doing is, um, you know, I. I'm doing a lot of driver coaching and putting myself out there to say, hey, you know, let's develop some of these awesome drivers that we have coming up and developing at EDKRA, and and let's you know let's get them all up to speed because you know as much as you are as a racer and a competitor, it's it's almost equally as rewarding to see somebody. Um, develop their own program and get up to speed and build up the competition because at the end of the day we're all out there to race but also when we do get spectators we want to put on a good race and the only way you do that is if you have a really good stable field of racers yeah but it, it
0: it's got to help you like it's going to help you when you get back into the car oh, because sure. as you're teaching and as you're coaching you got to remind yourself like Oh, right. Fundamental is this. Yes. Fundamental is that. And I mean, I can, again, from, from firsthand, the first time we ever did one of the, the coaching clinics with you, I, I found three, I think it was three quarters of or not three quarters, three tenths of a second Yeah, from not doing really anything different, just lots of little things on, you know, where to point the car, where to brake, how to brake and but 3 tenths of a second i mean that's that's an eternity
1: yeah oh absolutely especially behind the the wheel of a cart and and it's it's little things i think the thing that um really kind of helps me when I'm doing my driver coaching is, is I'm very adaptable to who I'm coaching. Cause not everybody is going to drive the same. Not everybody has the same way of thinking. Not everybody drives the cart the same way you, you, you basically give them the basics. You give them the theoretical racing line, whether they have to adapt that or not based off of the engine that they're
0: or their know, driving the, style, well, the
1: driving style, the engine, the chassis chassis are different. Um, you know, really cool. And you'll,
0: you'll work with anybody's.
1: Oh, cars. absolutely. hundred percent. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, with kind of working with yourself there, and
0: I wouldn't say kind, I'd say well, you I are. Am,
1: I am, <laughs> yeah. and uh, CRG, and 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 that's you know, I, it's no surprise for me. You, you know, you look at half the pictures that we just put up with me in a go kart, and I'm in the seat of a CRG, I think that speaks volumes. Um, and interestingly, I was actually listening to one of your previous podcasts with uh, Alex Tagliani and understanding. You know, listening to him describe what CRG has been doing with the chassis and and whatnot, I think is really really cool. I think they're just doing such amazing things. But at the end of the day, you know, I'll work, I'll work with anybody that's looking to develop their program and that Yeah, will because the drivers
0: are going to move around. Um, mm-hmm fundamentals are fundamentals yes you know yeah every every brand has its subtlety and you know right now there's not a lot of garbage out there no. um as far as you know who makes what so uh you know obviously that's good to know um, yeah, just really, really, um, interesting season so far. I mean, obviously you're a great driver coach, but maybe a lousy mechanic (laughs) because you let me, you, you've been working as my, my, uh, my mechanic, my, my
1: term loosely, my,
0: my crew chief, uh, this year, (laughs) we'll
1: go with crew chief.
0: (laughs) And I'll, I'll tell you what, like, listen, it's really hard for a crew chief to out crew chief, a really bad driver and, uh, and an unattentive driver. Um, but, I will say I'll throw up one self-serving picture Man, that cart looks good.
1: It does. That was, yeah.
0: Like, you know, yeah. Photographer did a pretty good job because you took that picture, but man, like that combination of the cart, the suit, the helmet, like that's just a good looking program right there.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look great. (laughs)
0: <laughs> until until I started until moving, <laughs> until, once I started moving, it all went downhill. But yeah.
1: uh, hey, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, you got a new cart. We're working out some challenges, some bugs, but I mean, we'll get there.
0: Yeah, it turns out batteries need to be charged, <laughs> and you know, need brakes need to be balanced. And uh, I don't. I know- may
1: not have plugged in the go kart battery, but I was really persisted and made sure i plugged in the, the golf cart battery. oh yeah no
0: the golf cart that you drive around <laughs> it was charged right up uh full of fuel it was ready to go but yeah. yeah the the
1: something tells me you would have uh probably done a little bit better in the golf cart that race
0: uh, the golf cart would have finished <laughs> that's you know uh would have been would have been lapped a little bit quicker but uh yeah. do you have any closing thoughts here i've kept you long enough here tonight mr stevens
1: no, I mean this was really, really fun. I think. Uh, Can you believe
0: it's been an hour?
1: No, I can't. I could probably talk forever, especially talking about racing and whatnot. So.
0: Well, we're just getting started, and uh, yeah. we'll have you back throughout the year. I mean, uh, I'd like to do a follow up, uh, a follow up show where we get um, we get a, a couple of races under your belt, and then we do the follow up as to how the body feels. Um, you know, expectations all versus. Bruising. i always wore them with pride i mean that was one of the best feelings i had was after a race night when my neck's a little bit sore like it doesn't matter how how in shape and how many laps you do at the end of a hard racing night you are beat up like you are beat the fuck up oh i know where your neck is like there's a soreness in your neck. That's awesome. And I don't have it today because <laughs> I didn't run nearly enough laps and didn't run fast enough, but there's also a feeling you have in your ribs, mm-hmm. just like no matter how good your rib vest is, no matter like once, once you get ripping that the the next day, there's a pain that you feel and it's just the best.
1: It is because you know, you've had a whole hell of a lot of fun the night before or the day before.
0: Yeah. For sure. So hopefully we can get you back here. Um, really appreciate you giving some time. And again, if you got, I'll give you one more shot here. If you got any parting comments or parting thoughts before, uh, before I kick you out.
1: No, I think, uh, I think we covered it all. I think anybody listening that, uh, you know, wants to, you know, hang out, you know, where to find me this summer, I'll be spending most, most of my Wednesday nights at EDKRA and some, sometimes I'll be on the weekends there as well. So trying to spend a lot more time at the track this summer.
0: It's, it's a great place to be Kyle. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man.
1: I yeah, no, Thanks for having me.
0: All right, man. I love getting to talk to racers and I love, you know, getting to have, you know, a guy like Kyle, um, you know, he doesn't do a lot of, uh, pumping his own tires. I mean, uh, he doesn't even charge my battery, but, um, his personality um, just is, is so uh, engaging and so adaptable to any driver. Um, I've, been, I've been doing a lot of promotion to Kyle. I think we have a few guys, a uh, few drivers uh, lined up for some coaching. But if you're at all interested in getting involved in karting, uh, Kyle's the guy to talk to. No matter what make a kart you have, you don't have to drive my CRG brand. You can run anything. Um, start with a coach start with good fundamentals and your racing career is going to go so much better. Uh, just like with, you know, things like golf, uh, you can try and teach yourself and, you know, some people will get a level of success and some people will, will struggle forever and juggle, you know, from one equipment, uh, maker to another, start out with some fundamentals. And, uh, it's amazing how, um, you know, how much better, um, your, your racing will be, uh, just at the last second, look at who shows up here. We got our good friend, Trevor Paulson. Look forward to seeing more of him around. Nice job. Thanks, TP. Uh, really appreciate the kind words. One day we'll have to get you and Dev on, maybe Eileen and... and uh, do a, do a a family version of the, uh, of the show here. Um, I would, I would actually pay a little, I would pay money to have you guys on just so I can listen to the, uh, we, we can start the bickering show, but, um, um, really great family, great people. Um, really, really enjoy our time with, uh, with the, uh, the fusion folks. Um, that's it. Um, I got to start packing. I got to get on an airplane. We've got a NASCAR Pinty's race this weekend at uh, Canadian tire Motorsports park. I uh, got to go do some successful racing here on, uh, on Saturday and Sunday. So I can, I can remember what it feels like to, uh, you know, when I get back to the track next Wednesday, and hopefully I can shake off some of the, uh, some of the rust and, uh, put, put this, uh, super fast CRG card up front or uh, a little bit further forward, uh, than where I've got it now. Um, as always, uh, thanks for watching. You can always send me a note. Uh, you'll find us at, uh, Hey, there at talk and torque.ca, uh, also available on all the socials. Um, if you have any questions about racing, have any questions about business, uh, don't be afraid to send them to me and uh, we'll see you next week.